Hello and welcome back to the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller. Thanks for joining us here in our own little corner of the podcast world. Here in the Weather Lounge, we discuss random weather topics with other meteorologists and guests of the show. We even add our own little personal weather experiences along with some fun facts. And joining me today, once again, here in the Weather Lounge is my colleague and co-host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik. Mike, come on down. <laughs> what, what is this? The Price is Right, Brad, or what? Uh, maybe. I, I like The Price is Right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're quickly getting off topic here, but uh, no, yeah, okay. I mean, The Price is Right was, I mean, that was like, that was the bomb. Bob Barker or Drew Carey? Uh, I, I'm old school. I'm Bob I'm Barker, you. come on. I just, you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm with you. I mean, um, but I, I, I got to say, you know, I do like that opening, though. Come on down. But uh, man, how about the games they would play there, too? Yeah, what was your favorite? How about your favorite? I game mean, I'm an avid golfer. It's got to be the, the, the putting game when you're putting for, you know, wherever from the line. You got to get whatever part of the game right to putt closer to the hole. That was always my favorite. But there was another one. But before I get to that, what was yours? I think it was Plinko. Plinko. But, yeah, right. I don't know. I just like dropping through those. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of neat, especially when I was a kid watching the... that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But do you remember, again, I know we're way off topic yet. We're, we're going to get the severe weather here in a little bit. Yeah, late, last but, thing. But do you remember the the hiker guy? And they used to go, do 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 Yo, the lady, do Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he used to yeah. try to, he would climb a certain <laughs> number based on how far you're off on a, on a product, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. okay. We're way up. Let's go, Brad. Uh, we're going to talk about severe weather today, okay, guys? This is a weather podcast. Yes, 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 <laughs> um, it is. So, but, uh, you know, yeah, this it's is... summertime. Yeah, it's summertime, severe weather, heat, you know, it all goes hand in hand. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, lightning, I would say, is the number one worry some right. part of any kind of thunderstorm. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it's something that you have to have to really take uh, you know, cover from it happens and you go, always got to get away when there's a lightning storm coming. Yeah. So I just wanted to start the lightning section off with a nice story from, I used to do landscaping. Um, and you know, before I became a, a meteorologist, so I was doing landscaping for years. I've been now a meteorologist for 12 years, I think, or more. Brad, I know you've been here about five. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as when I was uh, landscaping and we were cutting a lot of lawns in this one neighborhood, I think there was like 10 lawns in a row we had to get done. And it was close to the end of the day. A thunderstorm was starting to bear in. Um, and I was, knew it even way before it, uh, I got any type of warning or even saw some dark clouds because I was getting that crackling on my radio. And I don't oh, know if you yeah. know what I'm talking about. On the about. AM radio, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Sports Talk. I think it might have been Colin Cowherd, something like that, Jim Rome. <laughs> <laughs> something along those lines um and uh yeah i kept hearing that crackling i was like oh something's out there uh there's got to be uh, some lightning somewhere and then pretty soon those clouds were rolling in and i'll tell you what i was on the mower in the middle of a back of a large yard it might have been a two acre uh yard and there was lightning cracking way too close <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for if, my liking. If, yeah. If you if you could see the lightning, you know that's way too close. I mean, let alone if you hear the thunder, that's about when you're supposed to at least right. get out 
uh, of uh, the, 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 the way of the storm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's something right. that uh, you can't mess with because, uh, you know, lightning can strike, you know, five, 10 miles yeah. even ahead of the storm. Yeah. And there, I mean, with lightning, there are a lot of people who want to know well ahead of time if those lightning, mm -hmm. I mean, think of some of the clients that Weatherworks has here, Brad. I mean, you have the stadiums, the professional teams, right. uh, sports teams. Um, they have tons of fans in the stands and they're looking to get them to safety if there's lightning coming in. Right. So, you know, that's one thing we try to provide to uh, some of those clients that we have is, is some lightning lead time. So they might have 10 or 20 minutes before there's actually a strike. We actually are trying to predict that for them. Right. You know, with 30 meteorologists, we're all on that, um, trying to get that done. Right. Um, and we, we can't just call the client and say, hey, there's lightning in the area. You know, you got to get everyone in the you know, yeah. safety in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. No, the, these things, you know, and of course, this is outside COVID time. You know, you, it takes a mm -hmm. long time to move 60,000 fans from a stadium. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you need that lead time ahead of the lightning. You can't already see the lightning by that time. It's too close. Too I mean, you got to yeah. you got to catch that within, you know, a 10 mile radius or something like sure. that, you know, because, you know, lightning can strike well outside of the actual storm getting to you. I mean, right. Uh, you hear those talks about bolts from the blue, basically, mm -hmm. you know, coming out of the anvil top of a storm and, and striking, you know, 10 20 miles away from the storm you know um yeah lightning can be very dangerous um but uh you know going into other aspects of severe weather in the summer i mean let's talk about wind because that's the main thing that we have here in the northeast right brad yeah i mean we there's different types of i mean of course wind is wind but there's different types of uh wind that occurs during a thunderstorm and and what we mean by that is uh a microburst and basically that's just a a downward pulse of air that's mm -hmm. uh usually because of the heavy rain that's associated with a thunderstorm it just mm -hmm. pushes straight down towards the ground uh that's the most dangerous uh for airlines and uh you know even even mm -hmm. some cars and truck drivers because again these things uh can can cause a problem when you have a burst of air that's once it hits the ground from the atmosphere it has to go somewhere and then it kind of flattens out and pushes you know, horizontally. Yeah. And that really kind of becomes a straight line winds that we also deal with, uh, with mm -hmm. a lot of these storms that also can bow out ahead of the storm itself. So, you know, wind damage is, 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 is an issue with, uh, really any severe thunderstorm. Uh, but then you get into uh, more of a, uh, a, a cluster of storms, Mike, that can last a long time. And, uh, it's yeah. kind of a buzzword outside the, even the weather industry, uh, called the derecho. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, derecho is certainly um, an event that will last for over 250 miles. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it it has winds of you know possibly over 70 miles an hour along that entire path. So while it's one, it's good thing in the fact that we can predict it a long way ahead of time because we right. know it's already occurring. Sure. Um, so we can get a lot of lead time. Um, you know to our clients um, ahead of a derecho, but it is very destructive. And I think, you know, there was the one down in uh, Virginia and Maryland in 2012 that was very destructive. I think there was even a Phillies game, Nationals game going yeah, on at that time. I kind of remember uh, that. <laughs> where that came in. Um, I think if you look it up on YouTube, it's like, uh, it, for some reason, they have it like DC hurricane or something, but it's not yeah, a hurricane. 
Well, you know, no, but, now uh, mind you, now that that began as a cluster of storms in the northern plains, I believe, like up towards like Minnesota. Yeah, and it was Michigan, and it kind of dove southeast, and that's yeah. basically what the Rachel is. You know, something that that mm-hmm. stays intact as a severe, you know, line of storms for, like you said, over 250 miles. So basically, you're going from from. Can you imagine a line of storms from Minnesota all the way through eastern Virginia? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just amazing longevity uh, for a, for a batch of thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the, you know under the right conditions it can happen. Um, right. But I gotta tell you, you know, there's one time a derecho actually helped me. Uh oh, <laughs> that's kind of hard to believe. I know that, it is hard to your... believe. <laughs> but it sounds totally counterintuitive. But when I was working landscaping. Um, Counterintuitive. Wait, wait, I got to break that word. That's too much. Oh, come on. That's not too much. (laughs) Go ahead. Continue with your counterintuitive story. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, But anyway, um, so I was working for a landscaping company. I think it was back in 1999. And um, we had this one large cemetery that had a ton of trees all over it. And in the fall, it would be the worst thing trying to clean up all those leaves, whether we're hauling it to the curb or hauling it uh, off site or, or what we're doing or chopping them up or right. what, how we're trying to deal with those leaves. So this derecho came through, knocked down about half the trees in the cemetery. And wow. I was, yeah, I mean, I mean, I drove by it and I was like, I mean, mainly wow. because of the wind though, right? Yeah. The wind just, yeah, blew over all these trees and it's really made a lot our lives a lot easier in the fall when it came yeah, around. I guess so. But, <laughs> but uh, although I was kind of happy for, you know, uh, the work going down a little bit, I know, you know, these things can be destructive. I'm happy I wasn't in the cemetery. I might have joined the tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> but that's too, sorry. I don't mean to do that. Yeah. Well, we're glad, we're glad that didn't happen. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah I, I guess mean, it, it we, we talked about like winter time though, didn't it? I mean, afterwards with all the leaves off the tree. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was really nice. I mean, <laughs> I gotta say, but um, you know, but the reason why, you know, we, we do these alerts and stuff. We do alerts for our clients about this severe weather. So you guys can prepare a little bit, you know, it's not just to get a, a forecast out to them and get a good forecast right. to people. It's also, you know, you can plan your day better or you can have, um, you know, chainsaws ready if you're a tree company. Right. Um, you could have extra trains, chainsaws in case trees are going down across your area. Um, you can right. schedule say, your day. Different. Schedule your day. And not only that, yeah. you don't have to continue to look at your radar. You don't have to continue, you know, to no. get an updated forecast and look on your phone and do this. And you can continue to work and wait for Weatherworks, you know, to – actually contact you if if in the event there is going to be severe weather and things like and again again that's what we take pride in not only in the summertime but in the wintertime with our, our same kind of service but you know how how annoying is it that you have to always check your radar and 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 yeah. look and see what the forecast is and see how much it's changed and you know yeah. and and not only that in the summertime you know you can't go by exactly what the radar shows because yeah there may be a line of storms 100 miles away and like oh we're good for a couple of hours but a lot of times in the heat of the day, you mm-hmm. get these pop-up storms, and they could just basically pop up on top of you or very little warning, and they could go severe within a few minutes. Not only that, it could produce lightning you know, within a 10, 15-minute time. So you want to be ready for that. And again, that's where, that's where we come in, and that's uh, you know, something we, we take a lot of pride in as well. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be caught in that in those. And if there's any way we can help prevent that, we'll we'll, we'll right. do that. Now, um, not only that, now you know we've talked about the wind and the lightning. Uh, you know, of course, the lightning is is the most deadly part of a of a severe thunderstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, flooding. We'll we'll get to that here a little bit later. But uh, you know, maybe not as deadly, uh, at least here in the Northeast, but can do a lot of damage, at least property damage, and that's hail, Mike. Yeah, uh, hail for sure. Uh, what, what's the biggest hailstone you've seen, Brad? What do you think? See, I'm one of those people that uh, I want to see a big hailstone in real life. Of course, I've seen pictures and videos of the Midwest when you get these real big ones. But, you know, maybe, I don't know, almost golf ball size. I can golf remember ball. one big hailstorm, you know, in the Poconos uh, late 90s wow. uh, that took out a glass uh, a, a greenhouse. I remember seeing it yeah. almost across the street. You know where I was? Where? Because I'm a meteorologist. I was in a open air, one of those car wash places. Okay. To protect my car because I, I saw the storm coming and I started to see the well, hail. You went to a bay or something like that. Yeah, I saw the yeah. pea-sized hail. I'm like, oh, well, it's not going to do anything yet, but what if the storm gets worse? And this is before the time of really updated radar. Of course, I saw the storm coming, but I yeah. said, you know what? I'm getting out of the way of this one and i went and parked in one of those you know open bay uh, right. car wash places and sure enough uh there were car there was car damage around the area yeah and you were a lot smarter than me because i remember trying to get to a storm because i was thinking that um there could be some rotation with it so i wanted to oh. see if there was a potential funnel cloud or tornado yeah. or something going on and i remember <laughs> while you went to a bay i was trying to get to the storm and, and i, I ended up protecting my car yeah, I know. And I ended up punching the hail core uh, <laughs> instead of uh, going for safety, which is yeah. the wrong thing to do, by the way. Don't do that. Um, but I think that was about the biggest hail I've seen. But it wasn't really that large. I would say it was about nickel to quarter size. So, okay. again, um, you know, I, you know, it's the Northeast. We typically that, don't. That's big. Yeah, that's even big for the Northeast. Yeah. yeah, the Northeast is tough. You know, you can get inch hail. I mean, you could certainly get up to two inch hail. But to see those big uh, baseball softball size type hailstorms i mean typically that occurs out in the midwest mm-hmm. uh, maybe even in portions of uh, eastern colorado um you know it just you know it's hard to get all those ingredients together uh, for right. one of those and, and even sometimes out west you mentioned like colorado and uh, some mm-hmm. of the western plains you know uh, you can get hail storms maybe not the big hail stones themselves mm-hmm. but it could hail for so long that it looks like it snowed and, there, and i've seen video and i'm sure you have too where they, yeah. they actually remove the hail with snow plows even though it's like 80 degrees yeah. out and after a thunderstorm i think earlier this year that happened in uh in uh, massachusetts or new hampshire I, I can't remember what town exactly there may have been yeah one uh, uh, early i believe in i remember yeah. seeing that um so it can happen here too uh if you have a nice upper level low a nice cold sure. pocket of air uh, that's just kind of sitting over the area and these thunderstorms pulse up like that if they get mm-hmm. tall enough certainly can produce uh tons of hail and of course you know if there's tons of hail you might get a hail sale oh yeah well that's again the deal the cars yeah i mean can, it's uh i was protecting my car but yeah what do you do when you have a a, a car dealership with you know 200 cars on the lot you're right. you're basically at the mercy of the weather and if you get a a, a hailstorm that produces big enough hailstones, you're going to have uh, some some major damage there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know who wants a hail damaged car like that. I know I wouldn't. But then, if you're thinking about it, you know, maybe if you're a young kid, 
just trying yeah. to get something, you know, and you get a lot cheaper of a car. Yeah, I mean, in the end, way the engine should be bike. fine. It's all protected. But yeah, maybe you drive around so you have that. You have that. The cool, uh, yeah. the cool hail damage car. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe. Or Why are your car uh, maybe... so dented? Ah, I was in a hailstorm. <laughs> or maybe if you're looking for a truck for your business or something like that, and you want to yeah. just beat it up, plowing snow uh, to no end. You know, maybe a uh, a nice dented in F three fifty would be a good yeah. thing. This isn't you know a Ford what? commercial, it... by the way. If, if if I bought a car like that, uh, I would make sure I got the license plate and it said "Hail Yeah" on it. Put on pump. All right, all right. Enough of that. Hey, we are uh, we're gonna take a break right now, Mike, and um, uh, we're not done with our severe weather podcast yet. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, tornadoes, flooding, and uh, the heat aspect of severe weather in the summertime here in the second half of our podcast. And one other thing that we need to uh, really talk about is watches versus warnings. So we'll uh, have all that in our second half of the podcast here on severe weather here in the weather lounge right after this. Have you ever wanted to know exactly how much snow or ice fell in your backyard? Or how much snow you just plowed from that two acre parking lot? How about getting documentation that explains why you applied several applications of salt to a busy apartment complex? When it comes to snow and ice verification, it can be a headache trying to find accurate totals for the busy winter season. Certified snowfall totals from WeatherWorks provides a stress-free way to get reliable information for the exact location you need. It's your complete winter weather verification platform. For more information or to try a demo, visit CertifiedSnowfallTotals.com or call us at 908-850-8600. And welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our Severe Weather Podcast here in the Weather Lounge. And uh, we're going to talk about tornadoes, flooding, and the heat aspect of severe weather, which uh, it kind of is. But before we get to that, Mike. I want you to talk to the audience and maybe me about watches and warnings because, you know, you don't I mean, know I'm, I'm a meteorologist. I, I do know. Of course I know. But, you know, I can understand why a lot of folks don't understand, you know, the difference or when you hear a tornado watch, what does it mean? What does a tornado warning mean for my area? What if a tornado warning is for, you know, mm-hmm. 20 miles from me? Does that mean I'm in the warning? So, you know, explain right. a little bit the difference between the two. Yeah. So if we're talking about tornado watches and warnings, a watch means that conditions are favorable for severe thunderstorms to develop, which could rotate and produce a tornado. It doesn't mean that um, thunderstorms have developed. It doesn't mean that uh, a tornado is on the ground. Nothing like that. <laughs> it just means that conditions are ripe. Right. For those strong thunderstorms. So basically, we're, we're, we're watching. That's kind of way yeah. I like to explain to a fo- – and I, I know you've run into this before. Relatives sometimes mm-hmm. call, you know, we're in a tornado oh, watch. Right. So <laughs> basically, we're watching. We're watching for yes what could happen. Yes, and it's and it's over a large area too. It could be the size of a, a state, right? Uh, it, and it might cover uh, six hours or, or seven hours. You right. Know? It, it, it's it's um, it's a very general and almost I don't want to say vague, but it's a more of a general area that we're kind of watching for. Right. Exactly. But a warning is totally different. A warning means if we get a tornado warning, that means that a tornado has either been spotted or it's been indicated by radar. Um, and that usually is only a lead time of maybe a half an hour, um, mm-hmm. maybe 45 minutes if you're right. really lucky. Um, but 
that means you got to take action. That means get inside, get to an interior room, uh, get to the basement. Um, you know, you really have to take precautions here. Stay away from windows and things yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's the main difference. The watch, like you said, Brad, you're watching. The warning means take action. And it doesn't mean go out and look for a tornado. Oh, no. Although I mean, some people do make that mistake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, of course, there are storm chasers out there that are very well qualified and prepared to do things like that. But, you know, of course, you get the videos of a lot of folks. Uh, yeah. You'll see them. Uh, it, but, you know, you're still you're putting yourself, you may be putting your family, you know, at risk. Uh, you know, don't take a chance of, you know, because, again, these things are very, uh, of course, we, we could we have an idea where the tornado could be going. But, um, you know, they're, they're not. They're 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 still a little bit um, what's the word I'm mm -hmm. thinking of uh, um, erratic I guess in their movement. Yes, um, absolutely. We have a general idea when there's a warning and where it's probably going to go, but mm -hmm. you know these things can change uh, you know uh, very quickly. Yeah, I mean tornadoes can be of different sizes. They can be mm -hmm. you know up to a couple yards across to up to over a mile and a half across. Right. Uh, in some of the largest some of the big cases. Ones, yeah. Um, now, and, and, you know, one other thing, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they'll, they'll see a tornado warning and then it'll expire or nothing will happen, but yet the, the storm itself is usually still intact. And, and this is the old thing you hear about, oh, well, it skips over this house or it may skip over this neighborhood. That mm -hmm. is true because what happens is tornadoes or at least mm -hmm. tornadic, uh, supercells and thunderstorms, uh, do go through cycles. So yeah, it may it may produce a tornado for a mile and then nothing for a couple of miles and reproduce another tornado, you know, five, six miles up the road because it's just the, it's the way the atmosphere works. Absolutely. Um, and uh, when Brad said supercells, I don't know if, you know, people might have been a little bit confused by that term, but basically a supercell is a thunderstorm that's got rotation with it. Um, and that's what produces tornadoes. But uh, my question to you, Brad, is, have you ever seen a tornado? <laughs> no, and uh, I don't want to sound like uh, you know. <laughs> I want to get myself into trouble because I just said don't ever do don't don't ever go look for a tornado. But I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I've only seen a funnel cloud and okay. Um, I've 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 seen a water spout, but this is yeah. when I lived down south. But it was pretty far out out in the distance. I mean, it was probably you know five six seven miles offshore. But um, mm -hmm. personally, though, I've never actually seen one on land. Yeah, no, I I haven't seen one either. I know I sound like depressed about it. I really shouldn't. Again, yeah, we, this is what <laughs> because, we talk. I know, but this is this is what we do, and it's it's just like anyone else that gets excited, yeah. uh, maybe for their for their uh, profession. So yeah, I mean, I the most that I've seen is a wall cloud, um, which okay. is kind of the precursor to a tornado for you know everybody out there. Um, the wall cloud was rotating, so I saw that, um, but I just didn't see any actual yeah. tornado. Um, come out of the storm um so yeah i mean i haven't i haven't directly seen a tornado either i mean that doesn't mean they're not real <laughs> no i know although we know they're real i mean we've you know you, you see plenty of footage uh you know in yeah. the spring and early summer out in the midwest and yeah. you know and, that, and that's where you know you get these real large damaging tornadoes not to say right. we can't get a damaging tornado here in the northeast but um they don't even yeah. come close to as big as a uh you know the ones out in the midwest you know Right. Uh, get to the strength of you know 200 miles per hour and they can mm -hmm. uh, you know we've talked about this it can you know wipe things off of foundations and basically you know take out a neighborhood 
right. uh, versus where in the Northeast, you know, we get some smaller tornadoes, again, can do damage, but it's usually very localized. And, mm-hmm. and the ones here in the Northeast are only on the ground for, you know, usually we, we measure them in, in, in mile or in yards and half miles versus where in the Midwest they're on the ground for, you know, yeah. it could go and be on the ground for a hundred miles. Sure. I mean, it could, and you get those long track tornadoes. And the, and the reason is basically in the Midwest in tornado alley, they have the right ingredients right. Um, to make these large storms to produce, you know, long track tornadoes in the North, in the Northeast, we're usually missing an ingredient or two. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like we forgot the, the sugar or something. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's funny to bring that up. Now I, I try to explain <laughs> that to some folks, you know, and, and you know, the atmosphere and whether it, it is like almost like you're cooking in the kitchen. I mean, if you're trying to, you know, have a, let's take a loaf of bread. If you're trying to make the perfect loaf of bread, you know, you need all the ingredients for it to taste uh, the way you want it to. But, you know, same thing in the atmosphere and weather. You know, if you don't have all the ingredients, you're not going to get exactly what you're, I guess, uh, looking for or or forecasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing happens in the winter. You know, you, you need all the ingredients for a good winter storm and, and a nor'easter. You know, if you're missing the cold or you're missing the moisture or you're mm-hmm. missing, you know, something, you don't get it. So is the atmosphere uh, to produce like the extreme tornadoes and things like that. Of course, you, uh, you, you need all the ingredients there. And, and Northeast sometimes lacks that, which... Again, I'm not complaining about because I don't really want to have to no. worry about an EF5 tornado, you know, coming coming through uh, New Jersey or Pennsylvania and things like that. Yeah, no, we do not need that. But Brad, we talk about the lightning, we talked about the wind, talked about the hail, and even the tornadoes, uh, these storms. But there's one more issue with severe weather that we can have here in the Northeast that's a problem, and uh, that comes to flooding. Yeah. Um, you know, flash flooding is can be a big concern uh, with thunderstorms in the Northeast. And, you know, I don't know about you, Brad, but uh, have you ever had any type of basement flooding with, with this type of situation? Um, not that I can really recall, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just enough to where it gets seeps inside. But yeah, yeah. I've, had, I've had neighbors and I've had friends, uh, you know, they have crawl spaces, especially here. Uh, where I live in the Poconos, you know, and, and if there's something that can't drain right, or if you get a lot of rain within a half hour, 45 minute, you know, right. time frame, you know, it could easily, uh, you flood your, your basement or your crawl space and things like that. And, and that's uh, kind of what we're talking about. And not only that, but you get the roadway flooding sometimes with thunderstorms. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that roadway flooding can be a real issue, I mean, especially and when you get to the fall months, when the leaves are falling off, it clogs drains mm-hmm. that can create a real problem in poor drainage areas. That's why it's good, you know, to get forecasts and things like that about the flooding. That way you can go out ahead of time. You can uh, or clients can clean out those drains, make sure things are, are ready for all that heavy rain that may happen. Um, but uh, I got to say too, Brad, with the uh, basement flooding, I haven't had too much. And like you said, some seeping through the walls, things like that. But I got to say, my neighbor here um, had a real bad situation earlier mm-hmm. uh, where his yard is sloped in such a way where all the water kind of oh, was yeah. shoved against his house. And he got a lot of water in his basement and he had to, uh, you know, pump it out, all that stuff. Um, so, it, you know, it can be a, a, a difficult situation uh, for sure. Uh, the most I get around my house is just there's a one area that fills up. It looks like a pond <laughs> in the back of my yard, uh, but that's just because there's a berm there that's designed to stop 
I was going to uh, say, the there, there is, you know, there are places, uh, even in the Northeast, where they have the what they call what the retention ponds, I guess. So mm -hmm. they do kind of collect the water <laughs> if it does come down too fast like that. But, um, you know, the flash flooding aspect, you know, it's nothing to mess with. Uh, you know, the old adage, uh, turn around, don't drown. It doesn't take a lot of water to move a car, and especially if you have a lot of cars on a mm -hmm. busy highway and the drainage isn't working or the rain's coming down so fast that it's overcoming, you know, the, the amount of rain that could or water that it can right. actually drain off. So that's where you get into these big issues. You know, take a, like, you know, Newark's a hot spot for flash flooding mm -hmm. only because it's so urban. There, there's, you know, yeah. nothing to really soak up the water. And that's where, you know, we get into some of those issues. And it, and it doesn't take a lot. You know, even if you get like an inch of rain within like a, a half hour, 45 minute time frame, it can flood pretty quickly in some of those urban areas. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, like Brad said, it doesn't take much water to start knocking you off your feet. Uh, that's fast moving or even move cars. I and mean, I think it's a foot of water can move a car if it's moving swiftly enough. Yep. And uh, if you if you think about, you know, if you're ever at the beach or something, how that wave kind of pulls on you as it's going back to sea, you know, that's the undertow, that's what yeah. we're talking about. You know, that that little amount of water is certainly very strong. And yeah, people kind of un underestimate that a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and think about it, too. If you've been to the beach, and a lot of folks in the Northeast have been there, you, you know, even if they always say never turn your back to the ocean, but, you know. I've done it before. I'm sure a lot of folks have. And yeah, yeah. you're having fun with everyone, friends, family, and you maybe yelling to someone back on, you know, the shore, which is probably only, you know, a couple of feet away. But sometimes you get a rogue wave that's, you know, <laughs> hip, hip high. It knocks you down hurts. quick. You're not expecting it hurts. Not only does it hurt, it knocks you down. I mean, you know, I don't care if you're 250, 300 pounds or something like that. It can, the, the weight, amount of water that, that, that can, mm -hmm. you know, it, it doesn't take a lot to knock you down. So think about that rushing water and, yeah. uh, you know, a lot more of it on cars and things like that. So uh, flash flooding is a, is a big issue when it yeah. comes to thunderstorms. And speaking of the beach and the coast and stuff, I mean, there's also coastal flooding. Um, mm -hmm. There's also large-scale flooding that where rivers start flooding. But we can talk more about that in a different podcast where we talk about maybe tropical systems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tropical systems. Um, it's It's pretty much the... I think it's the number one uh, killer out of uh, yeah, a tropical system. Of all it's not weather just the wind. Like Every, yeah, everybody thinks of the wind, um, but really it's the water that it's becomes the storm the surge. And then on top of that, the inland flooding. But like you said, we'll um, we'll talk more about that another time. But one thing that does come to mind though is uh, not too long ago we had uh, what was a Hurricane Harvey. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean. I think it was a pretty substantial hurricane at one point where yeah, it oh, yeah. did come ashore. Category four? I think it, it might have been 130 miles an hour. Yeah, and, but you know, but nobody nobody remembers now anymore mm -hmm. about the wind damage or the storm surge because it basically uh, it became stationary. It parked itself yeah. over southeast Texas around the Houston parked area. Houston. It, yeah, and it just rained itself out for a couple of days, and I mm -hmm. you know I. There were some areas, 50, even 60 inches of rain. I mean, that's I mean, just that's, Yeah, that's unheard you think of. About, you think about that. That's the amount of rain that people – that's more than the amount of rain that some yeah. areas get in a year. Yeah, uh, it was it was time. sad what happened down there, but the, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll talk about uh, that. That's a whole other podcast topic uh, when we get into tropics, and we'll probably save that as we get closer to hurricane season. But uh, one last thing, uh, Mike, we do want to talk about here is. Uh, weather is not really severe weather uh per se that's really going to impact you you know on a daily uh mm -hmm. basis that we have to worry about but the the heat you know we we can never we can never just say you know 
yeah. heat doesn't cause an issue because it does. Oh, it's a huge issue. I mean, um, you know, especially when you get these heat waves in the summer where you're got you know, temperatures in the 90s, it's feeling like uh, 100 degrees, um, that sort of thing. Actually, funny story. <laughs> you talked about retention ponds earlier. That reminded <laughs> me about when I was doing some landscaping and I had to cut down a retention pond. So I don't know if anybody out there has done this before, but cutting down high weeds in a retention pond Ugh. is about the hardest thing you can do in the middle of summer <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> because be. you know, you're, you're worried about getting things like poison and things like that too. So you're wearing a lot of clothes Ugh. and I was doing this the one time in the summer and I was just drenched in sweat um, trying to, you know, get this, all these weeds down. And then this neighbor comes over to me where I was cutting it down and said, said, would you like a beer or something? And here I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, 17 or something, you know, I'm not, I don't even think I was 21 at all. Uh, but I was like, you know, I would <laughs> take it. But That's not the best was, thing to drink when you're, yeah, anyway. Exactly. You know, I don't want to be drinking. I, I was like, listen, I'll, I'm going to pass on the beer um, because man, I mean, you know how it is. If you've been sweating all day, you drinking beer is not the thing you're looking yeah. for. You got to look for water. You're looking yeah. for water or maybe a sports drink or something like that. Um, you know, and, and that brings up I, about sweating and that's the way our body tries to cool itself. Right, Brad? Yeah. And that, that brings into, uh, the topic of the heat index and things mm -hmm. like that, you know, and, and how the body reacts to the heat and the humidity. And, you know, everyone hears about the heat index in the middle of summer. And, uh, basically mm -hmm. it's almost, I know to, to the easiest way to tell everyone is it's, it's probably the opposite of the wind chill, you know, in the winter time where it's, you know, this is what it feels like outside, but you know, it's probably, the wind chill itself, you know, isn't mm -hmm. going to dehydrate you and cause some major issues. You basically just go put on another layer or two, you know, as long as you're not outside in it too long. But, you know, the, the heat index is uh, something that you have to really account for if you're going to be outside for a long time because it's a combination mm -hmm. of the dew point and the temperature and basically the dew point is just using temperature to tell you how much water or how much moisture is in the atmosphere so you have a yeah. 90 degree day with a dew point near 70 you know mm -hmm. that heat index is going to be close to 105 and that's where you get into trouble if you're outside and you can dehydrate yourself rather quickly and like mike said you know you, you got to get hydrated you got to get the sports drinks you got to get the mm -hmm. the water you know stay away from the alcohol and and you know don't forget check on the elderly check on the pets you know they all need water make sure everyone is readily you know hydrated mm -hmm. too because these things uh, uh, it's, it's not too fast where you can have heat exhaustion um, and right. you don't even realize it. You know, a lot of folks think, oh, I'm just thirsty or I'm just tired, but it can zap you pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and basically once you get heat exhaustion, your body's just not able to cool itself down uh, right. good enough. Um, so, you know, and like I said, it does that through sweat and that's why it feels hot because if there's a lot of moisture in the air, the sweat can evaporate off your skin and cool your body down as right. easily. Um, so that's just why it feels so hot. It's not that the temperature changes. It's still 90 degrees, right. um, but um, it's just how your body feels, the, the apparent temperature. Um, so, man, I, I'm glad um, we'll eventually be heading into fall here and get rid of some of this heat and humidity. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> um, with you there. 
<laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah imagine imagine other places uh, across the country down mm-hmm. south that have to deal with and i've lived down south before and it's it's just yep. it's just unrelenting uh june july august september i mean it really isn't i mean where i lived in south carolina it didn't it didn't really mm-hmm. break the heat until probably i don't know halloween uh, right and then you you know you look at other parts of the world that live around the equator so yeah mm-hmm. heat is uh Heat is a is a big issue, that's for sure, and and, and um, heat exhaustion and things like that. But um, uh, I think well, that's I th- about it today, Mike. I think we've uh, mm-hmm. we've covered our severe weather topic here uh, pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we covered it all here. We'll talk about more summer um, severe weather as far as you know, like we said, hurricanes in in a different podcast for sure, um, because that's a topic onto itself, and you know, and we'll uh, certainly have more. To talk about but brad i think let's just take it away here and uh <laughs> yeah well don't forget we're on social media you know a lot of folks can oh, always absolutely. uh revisit uh you know um you know you can check us out on twitter and facebook mm-hmm. um our website weatherworksinc.com uh mm-hmm. we're on instagram as well so you know we're out there and uh we're uh, hoping that you can uh, continue to follow us here on our uh, podcast and uh, once again we're weatherworks and you're in the weather lounge and we will see you here next time